I never forget growing up, I never forget one day looking out my bedroom window and it was the craziest thing. It was something I'd never seen before. And it was a fire. It was a huge fire. Come to find out a couple doors down from us, there was a father who did everything he could to pay his family back. It was weird because we knew this family. This family seemed like everything was great. I mean, they seemed like a healthy family. And yet it wasn't. Not at all. He had purposed in his heart that he was going to kill his family and then he was going to take his life. And that's exactly what he did. He took gasoline and he poured it all over the house, inside and outside. He lit it on fire. He went in the backyard and he pulled a trigger. When I woke up looking out my bedroom window, it actually faced their house. And I'll never forget seeing flames that were so high. I mean, that house was totally engulfed in flames. In this series, for the next couple weeks, I wanna talk about something that is heavy, yet it is real. It is as real as the chair that you're sitting in right now. It's as real as the air that you and I are breathing right now. And it's not something that is fun to talk about, easy to talk about, or like honestly, easy to listen to. And yet, Jesus talked about hell often. So this series is entitled, What Did Jesus Believe About Hell? You know, people use the expression hell and people use it loosely as if there really isn't a hell, right? Like people use the word hell, like, man, it's raining like hell. My goodness, it is coming down like hell. Maybe people say, man, we had a hell of a time. And the truth is the way you and I think about hell is actually totally different than the place Jesus described hell to be. When you and I are uncomfortable, when you and I are um, inconvenienced, we think of that as hell. And yet Jesus would speak time and time again in the scriptures of a, a place called hell. So the next couple weeks, we're going to look at the Bible. And I, I, I really encourage you, whether you are a, a Jesus follower or not, I really encourage you to come and I really encourage you to watch. I encourage you to listen because you're going to hear things about hell that you've never heard before. That's right. Even many of you that grew up in church and you've been in church for a long time, you're going to hear things and you're going to learn things about hell that's going to be new. 
And ultimately, why does this matter? I've never preached about hell in 10 years at Momentum Church. And I really sensed it was time. It's time to talk about this. Now, maybe some of y'all, you grew up in church and, and you're like, my goodness, man. I mean, you know, they scared the hell out of me. We grew up in this church, man. I was always screaming. It was fire and brimstone. And it was just, man, I'm telling you. Maybe right now you recently got divorced and, and you would describe your life right now as, man, I'm literally going through hell. And yet the truth is scriptures describe a literal place, a literal place with fire and a literal place that can be escaped. That's right. When we talk about this series, what did Jesus believe about hell? Jesus believed that hell was a literal place. Jesus believed that hell was a literal place of fire. And Jesus believed that hell was a literal place that could be escaped. I think I probably was maybe 10 or 11 when that fire happened. And I remember having fear just grip me as I looked out the window. I literally like looked out the window and the flames were as high as I could see. And the thought to think that there were people inside that house, something that bothered me for a long time. To hear the story later that a husband, a father, a neighbor set that place on fire and then took his life was something that was hard to comprehend. And the truth is, friend, hell is a place that Jesus described as real and eternal. So I want to look today as we jump into this series on hell. I, I, I don't want to scare you. I'm gonna, my goal is not to scare you. My goal is to, to make you aware so that you know the truth. Because hell, as Jesus talked about it, is real. You say, Pastor Tim, what is hell? What is hell? Well, hell is an eternal place of judgment and yet an eternal place of torment. Hell is not the place that you want to go to to have a good time. You know, I've heard people say, man, that's all right. We're going to raise hell all of our life. And then we're going to die. We go to hell. That's fine. We're going to have a hell of a time. And I, I want you to understand nobody, nobody is having fun in hell. And so you and I, we, we have questions about hell. We have, we have questions like, is hell real? Or is that just some man-made concept to scare people into religion, church, morality. And we wonder that, is hell real? And then if hell is real, man, what do you, why, why do you go to hell? 
Why, why would somebody go to hell? Why, why, how about this one? How would a good God let anybody go to hell? And then if scripture is actually true, if it's actually reliable, scripture says that those who do not have a relationship with Jesus will go to hell. So many questions, so many concerns, hey, so many opinions. And so when we get to this point where we're saying, you know what, let's talk about hell. The thing that I wanna know, maybe the thing that you wanna know is what did Jesus believe about hell? I I, I don't wanna hear someone's opinion about hell. I I don't wanna hear someone's just belief when it comes to hell. Man, I, I wanna hear what did Jesus believe about hell? Now, go with me if you would. We're gonna throw some verses on the screen and we're gonna look today We're going to talk today. Today's just an introduction. This is not everything. In fact, I'm going to take a couple weeks as I've felt convicted to talk about this. It's not not something that you're like, man, I cannot wait to preach about hell. Man, I cannot wait. No, 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 no. In fact, one of the authors that I grew up reading and have studied, continue to read, Spurgeon, I believe, said that no preacher, no Christian should ever talk about hell without tears in their eyes. I mean, if you and I could really understand the reality of hell, if you and I could just for one second, if we could see what hell was really like, it would change your life And it would change my life. It would change the church. Not just Momentum Church, but it would change the church in general. Because you and I would warn people of the reality of hell. And you and I would give people hope. We would share the gospel with people. Because the gospel is good news. And here's the good news. The good news is you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. How did hell get started? Why was hell created? Like whose idea was hell? Well, scripture teaches us that Jesus is the creator that Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The New Testament reaffirms the truth that Jesus is the creator. In fact, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is God and he is the creator. He's the savior for all who will accept him. But you read the back of the book and Jesus for those who do not know him. Jesus is judge because Jesus is just. He's the only person that could be judged because he's the only person that ever lived on this earth that was righteous, that was pure, that was holy. Jesus was different. 
So Jesus created this world and Jesus created hell. In fact, let's look at this verse. You'll see this on the screen. Let's go to 2 Peter 2.4. Now, these are not the words in red. These, these are actually words from Peter. You remember Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. Remember, Jesus walked on water and uh, the disciples were afraid. And Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, call me to come out and walk on the water with you. There was this storm that was raging and water was filling and flooding the boat, and Peter knew that the safest place to be during a storm was right next to Jesus. And so Peter is the one that also walked on water before he took his eyes off of Jesus and he looked at the waves, he saw the wind, what the wind was doing with the waves, and he began to sink. And now many years later, after that experience, Peter pins these words. Listen to this. For God, and we know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. This starts out in the same direction. Listen to this. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held unto the day of judgment. That is 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. So if we go back to creation, if we go back to when this all started, there was an angel, his name was Lucifer, and Lucifer was in the presence of God. And Lucifer believed a lie. He believed that he could be like God. In fact, he wanted God's place. He wanted God's position and he wanted God's power. But the difference between God and Lucifer was that God was the creator and Lucifer was the created. Now, Lucifer was, was a beautiful angel, most powerful, most gifted angel. He was the worship leader of heaven. His job, if you please, his role was to bring attention and honor and glory and recognition, worship to God. And one day, one day, he was like, you know what? I want that for myself. And so Lucifer rebelled. Pride filled his heart. Can I ask you a question? Has pride ever, yeah, yeah. You're with me. You can already finish the question. And the truth is we have all been guilty of pride in our lives. But see, pride not only filled his head and his heart, but pride was what led to him being kicked or thrown out of hell. There's no sin in heaven. God's not going to allow that. And who once was the worship leader of heaven, now all of a sudden became God's enemy. Why? Because of pride. So maybe a great question is not just like, has pride ever? Maybe a better question is, when was the last time that pride controlled you? See, pride will take you way further than you ever dreamed of going. And I guarantee you, Lucifer, that was his heavenly name, had no clue 
how the game would change once he allowed pride to fill his heart. And God kicks him out of heaven. Now, here's the thing. There are a lot of angels in heaven. You've heard of angels and you've heard of demons. Angels, Lucifer was an angel. All angels were made to worship God, to give God glory. They are they're messengers of God, right? Even today, angels have a purpose and an interaction with mankind. But when Satan, when Lucifer fell and became Satan, watch this. He took one third of the angels with him and one third followed him. What this verse is saying is that there were angels that rebelled with Satan. Look at it. Put that verse back up on the screen, will you? Second Peter chapter two, verse four. God, for God did not even spare the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness. This is one of the most, one of the best descriptions of hell says right there, gloomy, pit, and darkness. No party. I don't know if you ever heard the story or not, but there was a guy that decided, you know, man, you know, I I need to either do right or I need to do wrong, man. One day I'm either going to go to heaven or I'm going to go to hell. And so, man, I I need to make this decision. I I don't want to I don't want to make the wrong decision, but heaven seems a little boring. Heaven, I mean, we're going to be bored in heaven. And, and the devil knew that this guy was wrestling with, man, what, what do I do, man? Which, which way do I turn? How do I live my life? Do I follow God or, man, do I, do I just do whatever I want? And so Satan realizes that and Satan begins to move in and he begins to create a lot of doubt in this person's mind. And then he gives them thought after thought after thought that yes, heaven is gonna be boring. I mean, what are you gonna do, sing for all eternity? I mean, come on, how much honor and praise and glory does God really need? How much does he really want? How much does he really deserve? And then the devil began giving thoughts of hell would be a party and all his friends would be in hell and it would be a place of non-stop partying. And so sure enough, this guy makes that decision. It, the story's told that, that you know, he, he says, you know what, I'm gonna get on this elevator and I'm gonna press the button says heaven and this button says hell. And man, since hell's gonna be a place of partying and a place of fun and a place of friendships and a place of like no rules, man, we can do whatever the hell we want. He pushed the button. He pushed the button and the elevator began to lower and the doors opened. And as the doors opened, fire and smoke began to burst into this elevator door and the man trembled and the man was looking at Satan on the other side. And he's like, no, 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 this is not what you told me it would be. And the devil said, that was sales. This is operations. See, hell is no joke. Hell was created for the devil and his angels, the angels that fell 
from glory. The angels that were cast out, that were thrown into this place, it's a real place. And Peter, who was friends with Jesus, who was a disciple of Jesus, who walked with Jesus, who saw Jesus do miracles, Peter would describe to you and I that hell is a literal place, a place of pits, a place of darkness, a place that you and I do not want to go. And if for no other reason, this verse says this, that these angels who sinned, they're known as demons, watch this, that they are being held until the day of judgment. If you and I could see one demon, if you and I could see the reality of one demon, you and I would not ever want anything to do with the dark side. Hell's a real place. What did Jesus believe about hell? I want to read a few verses to you. Jesus is talking to people who are very religious and they think that they're better. They think that they're better than other people. And they not only think they're better than other people, they are making it hard for other people to know the truth about Jesus. And Jesus, who we say is loving, and he is. Jesus, who is good and kind, and he is. Jesus was also honest and Jesus was also direct. And Jesus turns and he looks at these Pharisees. And these are the words of Jesus. He says, snakes, sons of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? Jesus believed that hell was a literal place. Can you imagine? I mean, think with me just for a minute. These people cared about what they looked like on the outside. They cared about what other people thought about them, but their heart was far from God. In fact, at one point, Jesus would say, Jesus would say this, like, um, your lips speak of me, but your heart is far from me. And Jesus condemns these fakers. these phonies, these posers. And Jesus looks them in the eye. He does not hesitate. He does not blink. And Jesus says to them, how will you escape the judgment of hell? What did Jesus believe about hell? Well, Jesus, number one, Jesus believed that hell was a literal place. Next week, Next week, I'm going to describe, and I'm going to use scripture to back it up. In fact, the first book that was ever written, it's not the first book in your Bible, but it was the first book that was ever written. Do you know what that is? Do you know which book that is? It was Job. Job. The book of Job has many references about not only death, but about hell. And next week, we're going to jump in and we're going to begin to look at how the Bible describes hell. I promise you this. Hell is a place that you and I do not want 
to experience, not for a second, not for a minute, not for an hour, not for a day, not for a lifetime. Most importantly, not for an eternity. What did Jesus believe about hell? Jesus believed that hell was real and Jesus believed that people who go to hell wish they could escape. My heart and my prayer is that you and I in this series would realize that hell is real. And you and I would realize that there is a way that leads away from hell. Let me give you one more verse and we'll close. Matthew 7, 13, Jesus is speaking and he says, you, and I want to say to you, whether you're watching online today, wherever you are in the world, or whether you're in Blackwater, or whether you're watching in Gulf Breeze or Pensacola or in Navarre, these words are for you today, right now in 2022, these words from Jesus are for you. Listen, Jesus said, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad or wide. And its gate is wide for many who will choose that way. Another way, in other words, there, there's a, a path to hell. There's a highway to hell. And that highway is wide. The path that leads to heaven is narrow. And one translation says, only a few find it. Jesus doesn't want you to go to hell. But he warns us that the path, the highway to hell is wide and its gates are wide. So as we continue in this series next week, we're going to take verse after verse after verse and kind of like a puzzle. We're going to see a picture because we're going to take these verses. and We're going to look at all these descriptions of hell and you and I are going to get a better handle on what hell is really like. Now, why, why does this matter? Pastor Tim, why would you take a couple weeks? Why, why would you take a couple weeks and talk about hell? You know why? Because there are people that you know, that you love, they're close to you, but they're far from God. And right now, they're on the path that is wide, the path or the highway to hell. You and I don't want that. And so Jesus gives us hope that people don't have to go there. And I think what it will do for me and I think what it will do for you, I think it will really wake us up. I think it's a call to action. And I think then the gospel makes sense why we are to go and why we are to tell. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Maybe, maybe you're watching today and the truth is um, you know that you do not have peace with God. 
you are not a Christian, maybe you are afraid of death like no other. And the truth is that day after day, you are concerned, you are worried, and the flat out truth is you are scared because you don't know. Like, I mean, is it real? If it is real, if, if this truth is really real, then, then you know what? Then you and I have to make a decision. And, and the scripture tells us this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for you. Jesus took your place because you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We were born that way and we chose that way. Sin is fun. It's fun. And, and scripture tells us that it's fun and it's fun for a season. And sometimes some seasons of sin are more fun than others. But when that season comes to an end, it is no fun. It's kind of like the guy who chose to go to hell thinking it would be a party in the elevator. He pushed the button. He went down, the doors opened, and the devil was laughing at him. And he was saying, oh, everything I told you about hell, that was sales, man. I was just trying to sell you. This is actually operations. This is actually reality. Nobody wants to hear those words, welcome to hell. And here's the good news, you don't have to. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to give us life. Jesus came to forgive us, not just of our mistakes, because those are mistakes. Jesus died on a cross, he bled, he shed all of his blood, and he literally even descended to hell so that you and I wouldn't have to. And the, the Bible gives us the answer. And the answer is Jesus. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And scripture says that if you and I, if we would just turn, if you and I would just turn to Jesus, and if we would trust Jesus to do for us what we could never do for ourselves, that is to forgive us of our sins, of all of our sins, to make us new and to teach us how to live. If we would just turn to him and if we would trust that what Jesus did was for us. If we would say, yes, Jesus, I need you. You know what happened? You become a child of God and no child of God ever goes to hell because that place was created for the devil and his followers. So how about it, sir? How about it, ma'am? Young person, how about it? Today is the day of salvation. And right now in your heart, if you would just say yes to Jesus, if you would just accept his love, if you would accept his forgiveness, if you would turn from your sin to Jesus right now, Jesus will make you new. He'll forgive your sins. And I love this part. He'll teach you how to live. How we do that here is we always have what we call a sinner's prayer at the end of every gathering because there is a hell and it is real and it's hot and God doesn't want anyone to go there because it is forever. So Jesus is the answer. That's why every gathering we point to 
Jesus. So right now, if you're not a Christian right now, if you know in your heart you have run from God, you have said hell no to God, maybe today you're ready to say yes to Him. Maybe you're ready to turn to Christ alone, not a religion, not a denomination, not a set of good things that you got to do to get there, but just Jesus. If you're ready for that, would you pray with me? And if you're a Christian, you've already given your life to Christ, would you pray this prayer out loud? We, we only get saved once. We only get born again one time. But I really believe that this empowers. I believe that it encourages. That is, it puts courage in other people who will pray this prayer for the first time. Pray it with me, would you? Would you say, Jesus, I am a sinner. You know it. And I know it. And I need you, Jesus, to be my Savior. I confess that you are God. I'm not. And today, I place my faith and trust in Christ alone. I give you my life. I receive your life. I believe you died for me. You shed your blood for me. And I believe you rose again for even me. Would you make me new today? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Man, look here. Look right up here. Everyone looking right up here. Every campus, look right up here. If you prayed that prayer today and you meant it, you were serious. Man, I got good news for you. You do not have to fear hell because your name has been written in what's called the Lamb's Book of Life. That's, that's a book in heaven where your name gets written when you are born again, when you become a Christian. And so you can never lose, ever lose your sonship, the fact that you're a son or a daughter of God. You never again have to worry. And this is what I'd like for you to do. I, I'd like to know today, if you walked across the line of faith today. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? This doesn't make you a Christian. This just allows us to see. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, hey, if you're not ashamed of me before men, one day when you're in heaven, I'm not gonna be ashamed of you. So really it's a great invitation. It's an opportunity to say, Jesus, I am not ashamed of what you did for me. So on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and we have hosts and they have a gift that we want to place in your hands. It's a, it's a bag and there's some resources inside that are going to help you because this is just the beginning. It's going to help you take your next right steps. So on the count of three, I want you to hold it up, hold it up high. Don't be shy. I want you to hesitate. I have one second of courage. Just shoot it up in the air and hold it up long enough for us to see you and give you that gift. Would you do that on the count of three? Here we go. Pensacola, are you ready? Navarre, are you ready? Gulf Breeze, here we go. Online, I want you to text the number below. I want you to text Jesus to the number below. 866-513-1270. I want you to text that number. All right, Blackwater, here we go. Hold it up high. One, two, three. Hold it up high. 
Let's go, church. Let's clap. Let's celebrate. Come on. Let's celebrate. Man, I'm so proud of you guys.